Colas. Uh, Bonjour. <laughs> this is what do you got, John? <laughs> what do you got, buddy? Guten Tag. There you go. I'll take it. I'll take it. Welcome, guys. Uh, episode number forty-nine. The Schmoo. Another whole number. Right. Of a uh, movie movie podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Steve. I'm here with Ronald and John. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the newest Disney mega blockbuster that I'm sure will be around all holiday season. Do you want to get into our feature? Well, review? before we even do that, I was a couple. There were a couple of uh, news items. One is uh, the uh, Star Wars Disney sale that's been making the news over the last week. Well, just the idea that you know, for years people have been saying, just imagine. What could be done with this universe if they could pry it away from Lucas? And it uh, seemed like uh, Lucas had become like too yeah. aloof and out of touch to ever imagine yeah. that someone else might be able to do something interesting with it. You sure. Know? And this actually shows a, a lot more perspective than I thought he had. Right. But also just the idea of other directors kind of getting to play in that world. The name that I heard mentioned was Matthew, Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn, yeah. And that just, again, that just opens up this possibility of interesting directors that might actually. I mean, I mean you get. Oh, I mean, you see, you see, so my fear, like everybody else's, when I saw on in the movie circuit, I saw the picture of Disney hovering over all the popular Marvel characters, mm-hmm. and they said that Disney took over Marvel. I was, <laughs> I was fucking scared for my life. And then every movie that came after that point, was fucking incredible. Or at least on the right track for right. this for this type of entertainment. I'm just saying, just think about some of the movies that came out yeah. prior to that. Mm-hmm. Marvel movies. Trash. Like like Daredevil and stuff like that. <laughs> wow, you read my mind. Oh, goodness. That was, that weird, was dude. terrible. Did I just imagine that, or was there actually an Electra movie with Jennifer Garner? There, actually, there, was, there absolutely okay. was. Yeah. An absolute terrible. So so once this happened, I I, I was first angered. But then mm-hmm. I was like, the three sequels that followed, the ones that had Lucas's fingerprints all over them. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. again, the conventional the wisdom sequels. was that that was him surrounded by yes men, um, mm-hmm. nobody telling him no. Like in the early days, he was more collaborative. I don't know. I mean, again, that story's been told many times, and I feel like I have a Star Wars problem, mm-hmm. just in the sense that when I grew up, those movies were so influential For on my sure. idea of movies that mm-hmm. I keep coming back to them, even though. Whereas I'm able to look at something like the Goonies and say, ah, you liked it when you were 11, but move on. Star Wars has, you know, struck a deeper chord. So the the notion, I don't know, I I found it interesting to think that, okay, well, maybe there's, you know, there's hope for it both to be absolutely beat to death, but also, uh, you know, potentially for some interesting films to get made. They've already been beating it. Over the head. I mean, Clone Wars is on right. the Disney Channel. They they have yeah. It's impossible to sell that Disney property stuff. out like more they, than it's been sold. They've been out. using it for a while. It's the weird like... thing was the day that it was announced, I was actually in Florida right. in Hollywood Studios when wow. I read it on my phone, like five minutes after riding the Star Wars mm-hmm. ride. So it's kind of appropriate for me to read that at that mm-hmm. moment. I mean, I don't know. I kind of I kind of was in the mindset like when you're talking about the Marvel things. I am not. Like, I'm not upset about this. Like, no, I don't I'm not. Think no, it, no, I was never worried about it. I I think it's actually probably a better thing than than absolutely than it would have been had he continued to just kind of restrain it as he had. Well, if they, yeah, if that's if they'd announced Lucas is going to be making Episode Seven, in, yeah, in yeah. 2015, I think everyone would have hung their heads and gone, "Oh no, what's he yeah. going to do now?" Or just who cares? But hearing that sure. it's going to be taken away, and again, potentially other directors, it's hard not to make that mental list of yep. directors that you would like to They'll see try to get out. their hands on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the world has been set. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the cool part about this franchise. The world has been set, mm-hmm. so it's just a matter of somebody taking it and 
committing to the world. Like, I mean, if Peter Jackson made one. Yeah, like, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, if Crazy. Somebody, somebody made, somebody that cares about environment and sticking to the ideology and mythology behind a, a, a franchise, man, it, it, it's going to be... It's going to be nice. I think this one series, I don't even know who's going to direct yeah. it. And it's going to be better than well, the last. I'm not cynical about yeah. the, the idea of what this could be. The only thing that's strange is just the notion of any project entering into that territory where it's at this point it is a franchise. It's not one person's vision. It's not really even one story. It's just you know something to be something to be uh, revived as often as possible, you know, like James Bond or something. They sure. sh- they're just going to try to make one every few years. Absolutely. So. Mm. And, I mean, there's also a really intricate balance, though, because, like, I mean, a lot of studios have tons of resources and tons of money, and they make crap. Mm-hmm. You know, and not that Disney doesn't do that from time to time, but, mm. like, your Marvel example is a really great point, like with the Avengers being, like, probably the, one, the biggest... The, the big splash that they had with the yeah. Avengers. But I think it also attracts talent, you know, and, and the resource pool that they have. And, I mean, the movie that we're going to talk about later, Wreck-It Ralph, I mean, that's another example of Disney pulling talent and pulling resources, pulling story. And, I mean, taking a property like Star Wars, if you can kind of mix those resources and those uh, strings that they might be able to pull outside of, you know, George Lucas and his universe and what he wants to do, like you said, all the yes men that say whatever yes to mm-hmm. whatever he says – I mean, I think it's cool. I think I'm really curious to see what happens. I love the idea of even hearing people already like Matthew Vaughn, who I think is really an interesting idea, even if it never came to be. Well, he's kind of known for dropping out of movies at the last minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I just think it'd be cool to see what kind of talent gets attracted to it and, you know, the the, the different filmmaking styles on a Star Wars universe. I mean, it would be amazing. I think it'd be really exciting. All right, so we go with that? Yeah. There was one other thing that might not take us much time to talk about, but I just feel like it has to be mentioned. If we're talking about Star Wars and we're talking about old properties (laughs) that are being brought back, the old property that's being brought back is Arnold Schwarzenegger to the role (laughs) that made him famous in Legend of Conan for 2014. Mm. So I don't I mean obviously we're, this is very forward thinking, but we have to we have to you know get, I, do a deep analysis of this film. I think this is going to be <laughs> two thousand. Wow, this is going to be great. It's I mean, Steve. I, that gives you two years to work on your terrible Arnold Schwarzenegger I, I, impression. I, I promise you guys, I'll get this <laughs> two down. Two years to prepare. Yeah. I will work on I, your Schwarzenegger. I will find it. I'll find the line from one of his movies, and I'll yeah. just it'll be perfect. I, I I'm I need Schwarzenegger back in my movies. Besides terrible, uh, what is it? Ensemble cast mm-hmm. action films. Well, I looked at the uh, record of, I think the executive producer is a guy named Frederick Malmberg. Yeah. He executive produced Let Me In, which we all uh, agree was pretty good, but he yeah. also executive produced the Conan the Barbarian from two years ago. <laughs> That's what uh, we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Not so hell? good. So, so, so yeah, there you go. Like, Arnold he's proven that he has absolutely he, no he grasp. Has to get the, yeah, he's yeah. like, before he goes, he needs to get this franchise rebooted yeah. wow. successfully. So, have you heard about Expendables 3, all the names and the I saw, Nick, I saw Nick Cage yeah. and because of course, of course, why not at this point, Nick Cage? These are, who else? I, I like what these have. I mean, I have not seen one, but mm-hmm. I like what this is becoming. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there aren't any action movies anymore. I actually read and a, a, a little snippet interview with Stallone where he referred to it as a saga. So that just goes to show you that his pretensions are alive and well. Oh, sly. His okay. sense of importance. What? Yeah, a saga. A Rocky, saga. maybe. This, yeah. not so he made it sound like, take, like, like they're, reve- they're revealing layers of the saga <laughs> yeah. or something. Is what I learned said. so much more about him in Expanders, oh, too. His character <laughs> so, got so deep. So, <laughs> so deep. His character so layered. Oh, my God. As a person. All right. Any other news, John? That's it. Anything that we saw besides before we get into this deep yeah. discussion? What yeah. did you see? Yeah. Um, 
Brief, brief. Man with the iron fist. Okay, yeah, you've okay. been waiting forward. You've been waiting forward for that. Yeah, looking yeah, forward, looking to, forward that. to it. Okay, I'll say a couple of things. Um, the soundtrack was one of the best soundtracks I've ever heard. Um, it it mixes hip hop and classic sort of Chinese music with just random rhythmic. It's a very good, very good soundtrack. Uh, the acting's, you know, some some people are good, some people are fucking horrific. Uh, I'm not going to call out any names. And the story is kind of choppy and weird. But that's how old movies were, like old Chinese movies were. Like the, the martial arts films were choppy and weird, had weird dialogue, and this had all that stuff. And it was cool. It was really cool. How do you measure good filmmaking, though, like if you say those films intentionally are made like that? Well, like for I mean, this is it's RZA, right? Yeah, RZA. RZA, and um, it was co-written. By... With Eli Roth. Okay, yeah, that's right. Quentin Tarantino like right. produced it, but that doesn't mean anything. That makes anymore. sense because I'd read somewhere someone referred to it as kind of like the unofficial third grindhouse. Yeah, movie. it's so he kind of went under Quentin Tarantino's wing for about five years, mm-hmm. and that's he really didn't have as much to do with this film as you know he has a Quentin Tarantino stamp or whatever. But it's it's a weird movie. I mean, but it's fun. It's fun as hell. Like. I think that it's fun enough and it's genuine enough and well-written enough that you can enjoy it, have fun with it. It's cool. super violent, super yeah. bloody. Okay. Um, no nudity, actually. And it's actually done really well. It, it could have gone for a, a PG-13 rating, but I think they wanted arms severed and heads cut off. And, you know, it was it was solid. Lucy Liu. <laughs> it's just a lot of beautiful women. I love it. Lucy Liu. I just started watching that new uh, Elementary Elementary, show. how is it? It's pretty soft. I mean, I love the Sherlock Holmes. I mean, yeah, Sherlock, I guess the I mean, idea of it is really cool. She, but I mean, she's she's cool, man. She's good in it. She's a really. I good liked actress. her in last season of Southland. Yes, but... well, she got destroyed. Okay, yeah. we're not gonna. Talk. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah, Lucy Liu, good stuff. Oh man! All right, there we go with a little wrap up. Now we can kind of sink our teeth into our feature review. Disney Animation Studios proudly presents Wrecked Ralph. Um, oh, I'm gonna just go right now and say it's probably one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, definitely my favorite animated film of the year. Uh, don't know the last time except for maybe How to Train Your Dragon that I've mm. been excited about an animated film like this. Right. And I can't wait to see it again. Same. You go. <laughs> <laughs> um, best video game movie I've ever seen in my life. Best video game reference movie I've ever seen in my life. Uh, one of the best animated movies I've ever seen in my life. So, so I take it you liked it too. Oh, man. It's... <laughs> yes. But I, I mean, I'll, I'll get into why. Yes. Later, okay. So yeah. scratch the service, yeah. John. Overall, I, I think, I think I agree, pretty much completely with both of you as far as the fact that it was a great movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only thing I, th- I mean, it's and this again, this isn't really a statement against it, but my my journey with this film, yeah, was while I was watching it to sort of feel like, oh yes, this is exactly as good as I thought it was going to be. Mm. I can already tell I'm going to be expected to watch this movie again and again because because Henry loved it. <laughs> oh, my son loved it. Most and, importantly, what did he yeah, think of it? And, okay. and You've reached a bonus level. Hey, Henry. What? What movie are we going to talk about? Wreck-It Ralph. And what did you think of the movie? Um, I don't know. That means did you like it or not? Yes. Would you say it was good, really good, great, or the greatest? Greatest. The greatest? Mm-hmm. That's the best one you've ever seen? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. It's better than Toy Story? Mm-hmm. It's better than How to Train Your Dragon? Yeah. Wow. 
You really liked that movie. What was your favorite part of it? <laughs> my favorite part and my favorite part when they picked Rocket Ralph up and you could see from old Pete doing the race. Oh, at the end when they picked him up and Yeah. I was what is your favorite part? I really liked the part where they made the car together, and uh, Vanellope really liked the car. And, and Ralph thought she was going to hate it because he thought it looked kind of kind of bad. But she just was so glad to have a car. She liked it. What do you think that movie was about? A man who smashes um, houses. A man who smashes houses? Yeah. Like, pfft. oh, rocket. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just about a man who smashed houses, and that was it? Or was there more to it? More to it. Who was your favorite character? My favorite character was Junior Fix-It. Oh, you like Fix-It Felix? Yeah, Fix-It Felix. Remember that part when that girl hit him? Mm-hmm. And he used his homework to fix it. They like, click, fix, fix, fix. Did we that... try to do it together. Fix, 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 fix. So, um, so you think this is the best movie ever made? Yeah. You really do? Mm-hmm. Do that Spider-Man movie with the Green Goblin film, but Doc Ock was not m- much in it. Well, we're getting a little off topic. So you would you would watch that movie again? Uh-huh. How many times would you watch Wreck-It Ralph? I don't know. Maybe a hundred years. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense, Henry. I know. All right. Well, thanks for talking to me about the movie. You're welcome. Can you say, as always? As always. You've, uh, I'm a, I haven't finished yet. As always, you've made our day. As always, you made my day. It took on that issue of what the trailer sets up for the character, which is his, you know, not wanting to be the bad guy anymore. And yeah, I thought sure. the way it approached that was interesting. Like, the way that was resolved was not exactly the way you would picture it to be resolved. It mm-hmm. was kind of more about accepting yourself and less about... Trying to change who you are. Yep. That's a Pixar yeah. moral. Or <clears throat> One thing I noticed about it, too, was it is it is a movie by gamers, for gamers, but that's not, it's not limited to that. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that's so important is you can't, you can't reference something as big as video games, commit to it, and then not really be a gamer. You know what I mean? Even if you had some of the people that they had in it, like... You saw in the commercial they had uh, Koopa and uh, Pac-Man. You could see that stuff in the commercial. Even even if somebody were to put those people in there and weren't gamers and didn't have some of the weird references, like, for example, like, this is something that's crazy that nobody may have noticed. So there's a, there's a portion in the movie where um, there's a character that goes into a door with a Nintendo controller. When he goes into the door, he puts in a Contra code. Mm-hmm. That's a game remove. Like it's 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 an it's a wink to people that love games. I will. I and will. If you don't notice these things, like you, you you're not a gamer like that. Like, the matinee that we went to, there were people behind me mm-hmm. saying, I, speaking I, the command along with it. On I the did screen. that. I, it I, made me like I did the same thing. Like, there were, me but, I mean, there, there must have been four or five seat. voices spread around the theater in unison that were just saying it and kind of chuckling to themselves. Yeah. So even though, because I've I you know I I played with Atari a lot when I was a uh-huh. kid. And I've always kind of enjoyed popping in on a video game and playing it, but I never really was a big gamer. Yeah. So in that sense, I thought that I was going to be kind of shut out of this movie on some level. I didn't feel that way. So maybe 
you know, that, like, that's an accomplishment as, then, right? You know, because I mean, you're saying like, you know, it's like four games, yeah, five but, gamers. but like if it's that's the cool part about it is it's it touches you on a couple. Well, levels, it's kind of it's just bursting with heart, yeah, and oh, therefore yeah. And therefore then, it doesn't matter. But I think right. what you're saying is the depth of that. What I would admire would be maybe the flip side of that, which is just the. Uh, um, the invention that they had, the sort of the way that the world worked. It reminded yeah. me, again, I'll, you know, so to keep good. saying Toy Story because it's sort of like, it, you know, it's a very similar idea. It's very idea. similar, yeah. It's that idea. Yeah. Now, I never wondered what video game characters did when I was not playing the game, mm-hmm. whereas I used to wonder what my toys did when I wasn't around. Yeah. Um, but what I was thinking about was particularly the way the idea of, like, the surge protector and the way the games in the arcade are connected and the yeah. kind so of stakes. Smart. That was really cool. So Just smart. a few lines of dialogue explain what the stakes are, yeah. how if you get trapped in the wrong game, how that's a problem and you know the difference between dying in your own game and dying in another game all of that universe building even though i don't yeah. want to see them beat this to death with sequel after sequel it was done well. you can't help but think of all the games you didn't get to spend time in that it would have been fun to spend time in like sure. that's the only other if i were going to offer a complaint well they have yeah. i have two uh one is just once they get into sugar rush they stay, they pretty much spin the rest of the movie yeah, there. That's, it that's was an interesting one. enough story that had like layers to it that i didn't really mind it but mm-hmm. i think in the it, at about that midpoint in the movie, I kept I was thinking we were going to see a lot more worlds than we did. Yeah. And the other is I'm you know we were talking last time about um, uh, Rob Riggle and Will Ferrell and these actors who kind of are known for doing what they do, mm-hmm. and you kind of get over it at some yeah. extent. I'm sort of over Jane Lynch at this point. Yeah. I feel like as as funny as she is and yeah. as good as she is at that. She didn't really. I mean, I I had to kind of come around to liking that character, and which I did. Yeah. But initially, just having her playing another, you know, uh, tough as nails kind of mean bitch type character, it didn't really do anything for me initially. Yeah. But you know, once the the little sort of uh, you know romantic subplot started kicking in, I think I was kind of charmed by it, and I I, I there, gave in. There were some great voice acting surprises. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sarah Silverman. Oh, she was she was great as uh, Vanellope. Yeah, she actually managed to bring so much of her her comic persona, which yeah. I've sort of gotten tired of in recent years, but I still think she's very funny. She brought a lot of her Sarah Silverman ness to that, but without yeah. it being like inappropriate for kids. Yeah, I mean, and that was some really, her, her comedy is extremely inappropriate. It's extremely for, inappropriate, but there were like still inappropriate things that were still very funny, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said something about something being hidden in the fat of his neck. Yeah. And I thought that was that is such a funny thing to reference in a kid's movie. Well, she also made a reference to herself when she was going to sleep in her little bed. She said, and I'm bundled up just like a little homeless lady. Yes. <laughs> and I was, so that felt to funny. me like that sounds like something she would have ad-libbed that I'm surprised I'm sure stayed maybe in a yeah. movie. Yeah, that, but if we hear little kids all over the country making fun that, of homeless yeah. ladies, I don't know if that's... You that's know where it came how from? How did your son react to all the fart? In poop references. Oh, I mean, that's all we talk about I, around here. That's comedy exactly. gold. Yeah. I, that to me, any poop references, I'll immediately laugh. Uh, Heroes duty. What's the name? Jack McBrayer. Yes. Any yeah. poop reference. Yeah, seriously, yeah. the contrast of who Wreck-It Ralph was mm-hmm. versus uh, Felix's character yeah. was very just lighthearted. You know, he's like the, the. Well, it did. The movie resisted the temptation to sort of turn. Felix into a villain yeah. or a blowhard. Oh, so and, glad. And even in, with regard to all the people, I, I might have liked to see Wreck-It Ralph get a little bit more revenge than he got, but I like that the movie kind of played out in a way that was more about him going and having this other adventure. It wasn't bogged down in that opening, you know, right. that, the, what you know from the trailer is really only maybe the first 15, 20 minutes sure. of the movie. Yeah. That was really, I thought that was well done. And I think also, we haven't really talked much about it, but just John C. Riley yeah. has turned out to be one of my favorite comic performers of the last 
few years. Yeah, you know, he's, it's he's crazy. Incredible. I mean, he's it's, so consistent and yeah, in so many different uh, settings. You know what I mean? Like this is a whole different, you know, voice acting. But I mean, mm-hmm. beyond the comedies that he's been in, I mean, I don't think I've seen a movie. I mean, in some cases, he's not the star of those films either. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like the kind of supporting role. But this, yeah. he's obviously the star. But yeah, I don't know. Like he's just his voice in this film is just perfect for that character. Yeah, yeah. Um, so much. We you reference like all the heart in the film. I mean. From one moment, like him just being so angry and you know bashing things, the next moment you just feel mm-hmm. the how he sounds, like you feel how upset and painful. Like when he climbs his pile of bricks in the opening, and he <laughs> gets you know. It just, what I love like, is oh, that he tells you it's not as uncomfortable as you yeah. might think. He's and such he, a, like a he's positive guy. Bricks on yeah. himself, like trying yeah. not to make you feel bad for him, but yeah. he wants you to know how upset he. Man, I, it's so great. Well, it the scene great. where he goes to try to horn his way into the party and Felix kind of stonewalls him is what to me was because it was so funny I mean it played it like was, a funny scene on it, it where the joke's a little bit on Ralph I mean you're sort of yeah. laughing a little bit at what a kind of loser he is yeah. and that could be so risky and but it never seems mean spirited because yeah you're definitely on the side of the big lug who, who just wants yeah. friends but you totally I don't know I thought that stuff was again we keep saying this but it's it, the when people want to compare something like this they said it about uh, how to train your dragon when, yeah. when you compare an animated movie to a Pixar film, what you're talking about is that mixture of innocence and like sophistication. And this movie just, yeah, you almost get excited. I mean, I'm get. I, 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 I know I, I would watch it again yeah, right now. I'm, I'm actually like, let's, you guys want to go see it later? Let's stop yeah. this and just go see it. <laughs> I think it did a really good job of setting up the story, setting up the world, and then kind of throwing you into it. Mm-hmm. You know what? You know what term made me laugh the entire movie, and for some reason, like it, it, it stayed stuck with me. Is it going turbo? Yes. Yeah. Going Dude, turbo. I've, I've used it like four times. <laughs> going turbo the movie. made me laugh. <laughs> I'm so trying hard. to bring it into the mainstream. Funny. It's such a funny thing to say, mm-hmm. and I loved it. So, <laughs> I guess this, some of the story is that. So, in this world, uh, if you if you leave your game. Is considered going turbo, but you don't know what going turbo is. And then down the line, they explain it. And when they do, it's done in the funniest way possible. But the term going turbo is used for about a maybe an hour into the movie constantly. And you yeah, have no, no idea, idea what, what, it what it is. You know it's bad. You know that it's something that's really frowned upon amongst every game character. But it is such a funny term, and that's kind of what it did. It created its own world, and then within it, you're kind of following the logic. When they had a really cool way to explain the the rules um, as they were in this kind of central area that everybody's in before they go to the games at night, they walk past a sign, and Sonic explains. Yeah. It's like, don't don't go to another game, or you'll wind up dying. You if know, you die, you won't be regenerated. Die, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was so cool. It's really subtle ways to explain everything in the world without somebody being like, hey, here are the rules. You can't do this, can't do mm-hmm. that, can't well, do that. Well, the key to that, like I think John was kind of touching on earlier, was like, mm-hmm. it's not heavy-handed because it's not any of our main characters doing that. Yeah. It's, it, it was a balance of credibility, like, you know, basically everything you've said, Ronald, about the video game, you know, the video gamer for the video gamer. Mm-hmm. I'm not a video gamer. Like, I used to be when I was a teenager, you know, up through maybe Sega Genesis. I kind of jumped jumped off the ship at that point. But mm-hmm. um, so seeing a lot of characters that I remembered and even ones that I know exist now that I don't necessarily play, I didn't feel out of the loop at all. Right, but right. I did feel super excited, like, when the Contra Code comes up, like I was saying yeah, it out loud, yeah. you know, or seeing characters that I recognize from other games, like the Street Fighter, you know, like Ken and Rai, you go and get a drink when the game was over. Yeah. This movie's a little different than your average kids movie in that it tackles some 
some interesting things in some cool ways. Like, I guess identity is one, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, I think everybody tries to do this now yeah, with kids' movies. It, yeah, and but, it's, but so it, few people actually nail it where yeah. it's actually, uh, you know, it's actually an interesting story. It's done in a way that's really cool. And uh, the, the, the references to, uh, like, old video games versus new video games and how they're regarded... It's funny how, like, they would show some of the old characters and they'd be, like, really choppy and jumpy. Mm-hmm. And then they'd show the other people. They're, like, smooth and Yeah, even the cool. the, the richly, uh, like, the volumetric 3D characters yeah. uh, would move in that jerky 8-bit <laughs> yeah. way. That, oh my God. that was visually so clever. That Amazing. Was just, yeah. It was. I, read, I remember reading an interview with, with John Lasseter talking about how, like, that was, like, some of the biggest challenge of making the film was, like, having these... You know, modern, like really talented, you know, digital artists that do all these 3D Pixar films. Mm-hmm. I'm not 3D, but they're, you know, three dimensional yeah, Pixar yeah. films. Like, say, okay, make it look 8 bit and make it look <laughs> real bad, but make mm-hmm. it look real good. Yeah. Right. You know, all the residents of the tower where Wreck It Ralph, like, would, you know, smash, yeah. like, mm-hmm. when they're at their party and they're talking to Ralph, seeing <laughs> Ralph move so fluidly, but them, like, yeah. they, like, they, like, skip frames, like, you know, as they're moving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, they, they, that detail is that, that feels to me like that's another thing that reminds me of, like, that Pixar touch. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I think that's a, I mean, in in a conversation about this film, but more so about the studio and maybe the state of animation in general, I think, you know, this movie is a a huge mark. I mean, films like, you know, How to Train Your Dragon is one that I always talk about because, I I mean, I love that film. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was DreamWorks Animation. I think they've taken a step. With that film, they took a step in a different direction, you know, trying to... Like Pixar was the exception of the rule, I think more film studios are kind of becoming that exception that... They realize that what works now is is that kind of heart, you know, that kind of uh, credibility, that 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 extra time that's spent to make more than just that shiny movie. You know what I mean? Like DreamWorks is a great example. I mean, like to me, like the difference between something like Shrek, which I really had no time for, and it was full of these really empty pop culture yeah, references, yeah. and something like How to Train Your Dragon, which. I mean, again, you know, it's 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 got the Henry stamp of approval. I've seen that movie <laughs> multiple times, but there are moments of that movie that still get me. Like when when that kid befriends that dragon oh for the first God. time, I get emotionally affected. To, there's like the, I, the, I the way the music works and everything. The acting, I'll call it acting, but you know, this these animators have gotten so good at imbuing these pixels with with something else, you know. And it's not to me. I still think that. Um, traditional cell hand-drawn animation if you see that done really well there's still nothing like that yeah but uh i don't think that uh, computer-generated animation as you know i think that enough people have done it to prove that yes you can make a real story with real characters and real heart that is not just for you know not just for five-year-olds right right yeah, Although there is certainly stuff that is really only for five minutes and still comes out. <laughs> but not the poop jokes. That's yeah. for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think for Disney, Disney specifically, though, it's a it's a big change, too. Or a big... I think, you know, there will be moments that you kind of look back and I think Tangled kind of set... Uh, kind of took a step for Disney, you know, um, and, and kind of continuing their line of princess films. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even with Pixar dealing with Brave and that was like their first kind of princess film, mm-hmm. you kind of see these two cultures kind of you know kind of mixing a little more and i think it's a great thing i think that disney we talked about disney earlier with star wars i mean it's a juggernaut you can't deny it i mean i think that their reach and their you know their creative pool is probably i mean i don't know i don't know how many other studios have the access or the the talent working for them that disney has now with their involvement with pixar when you talk about story mm-hmm. i mean it's 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 few and far between um what what pool of writers or, or studios even come close to 
I mean, that, that, that a story like Pixar offers, you know, we're talking even many live action films that, you know, that get nominated for best pictures, you know, some would argue that maybe a, a year or two ago, a Pixar film should have been nominated for a best picture. And mm-hmm. I'd probably be one of those people arguing that. And I think that it's really great that Disney animation without Pixar, but working with Pixar, mm-hmm. you know, can put the film like this out where you, you didn't know it was Disney. You would think it was Pixar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that's huge. And I think that this movie opening ahead of Tangled, you know, it's it's Disney's biggest animation opening ever. Um, working with a filmmaker like Rich Moore, you know, a guy that has background like in The Simpsons and Futurama. You know, that's a whole different element that you bring to the game, too. A, yeah. a sense of humor, a style of humor. Well, you yeah. definitely felt that that sort of rapid fire, like th- this would, it didn't quite break the fourth wall, but it would kind of cut to an extreme, get, like, again, <laughs> without giving too much away, the, there's a few moments where they will cut to, you go from the sort of fully realized characters to what the arcade game version of them would look like. Yeah. And there's a couple of scenes yeah, where it's just, really it was cool. really funny to see uh, like what the outside world, particularly there's something involving uh, the cherries in the Pac-Man game. I thought that visual was was great. Yeah. Like that, that you then see how it plays out in the sort of quote unquote real world of our characters, but the the game image yeah, was so looks. funny. Yeah, yeah it was so silly. I don't know. The, the, it, it seemed like it was, and even when they get to Sugar Rush, just that world is so full of these little. It almost reminded me of. Uh, all the little uh, candy characters kind of reminded me. I don't know if you've seen Adventure Time, that, yeah, that cartoon. Yeah, but just these crazy character designs and these kind of silly worlds that are that are fully realized and that there's actually real stakes in them and stuff. It, yeah. yeah it, it was, yeah. I'll so, see it again. So how, how uh, I mean, I was a little surprised. I don't know if you guys were to see that the voice of uh, the King, King Candy was Alan Tudyk yeah. from, uh, from Firefly. Yeah. And I mean, Dodgeball. I, I, well, I mean, just the fact. Well, yeah, more importantly, you know, dodgeball. Well, in dodgeball, he was <laughs> doing a pirate voice. Yeah, I just think it's yeah, funny yeah, that yeah. he's a guy. I, I always love it when there's an actor and you don't necessarily think of him as a comedian, but they have like a voice they do. He clearly was like the Mad Hatter from. Well, he was the, doing Ed Wynn. Yeah, assume. I think yeah, Ed, Ed like, Wynn did the voice of the Mad yeah, Hatter, but Ed Wynn's yeah. like an old vaudevillian who was. You know, you've <laughs> definitely heard him in cartoons and. Yeah, he and, was good. Like. It was really good, yeah. <laughs> a- I mean, it was to the point where I wanted to see who was playing that character at the yeah. end, and I was like, "Wait, him?" Yeah, and then I kind of played surprised. the voice back in my mind, and I thought, "Okay, you know, just like you, it'd be like if we someone got you to do Keith David forty yeah. years from now in a movie." He was in Cloud Atlas. Yeah, you know what? Actually, <laughs> just as a little side note here, I want you to read the, these are Keith David lines from Cloud okay. Atlas that I sure. wrote down. And I just want I just want you to this right there. Yeah. So if you do this, I don't even need to see the movie, right? Yeah, no. Is that just, what it comes from? If he reads these lines. Calls himself Bill Smoke. Yeah. <laughs> Keep walking. Whatever you do, don't look back. If I'd wanted to kill you, you'd probably already be dead. He always stumbles <laughs> on the last couple words. He makes me uncomfortable. He's so creepy. All right, here's the last one. Um, you got that look your father used to get. <laughs> you got that look your father used to get. Um, you got that look. Oh, okay, I get it. You got that same look your father used to get. He makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, you're sick. <laughs> All right, it was worth a shot. <laughs> Motherfucker. Oh man. Anyway, back to uh, uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. yeah, right back to Wreck-It Ralph. Um, <laughs> I, I I thought it was great. I thought it was um, but one thing that I thought was <clears throat> it got kind of weird. Like the sugar, the sugar rush thing was cool, but. You know what? I realized why it happened. Uh, so many characters, it was unfocused at mm-hmm. first. 
and then you had to kind of realize why everything was happening and why everything. So they had to narrow it down to something. And it had to take place in one or two places mm-hmm. and stay there. Because it was getting, like, I felt like it was, like, all these people and all these, like, interactions with the people out of town and the bar stuff. I was like, all right, yeah, this is cool, but when is it going to focus? And it mm-hmm. did at a perfect time, and it was done well. Well, I think the thing that took me by surprise was the fact that just that there's a threat to the world of this game that is outside of what's going on emotionally with the characters. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty well played. A lot of times when you have that kind of halfway into the movie development, it can mm. feel kind of stuck on. But I think mm-hmm. when you've spent the first section kind of setting up the world, it's okay to almost imagine, okay, the world, the movie really starts when he gets to Sugar Rush. Yeah. And then everything that happens after that is sort of, we see the results of all the character work that was done in the beginning. There were two simultaneous threats that had nothing to do with each other. Mm-hmm. I always love that. One threat is kind of weird. Two threats that have nothing to do with each other, not even related, like... That was cool to me because, yeah. like, it well, the one actually feeds how the one, the other yeah, result. how he yeah. handles it. But like, yeah. it, it kind of was like, oh, this is around, so I'm gonna use this as well. But he had no idea. Like, it the the villain in the movie mm-hmm. had no idea about the first threat, and he kind of used it to assist him. Yeah, but I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, that was that was that was a solid move yeah. on their part. I mean, front to back, I love the film. You know, was, I would say it was genuinely great. To focus a little more on the front, real quick, I wanted to give a shout out to Paperman, the short at the beginning of oh, the film. Oh man, mm-hmm. um, Paperman, whoo, uh, beautiful, yeah, incredible, beautiful. I, I, I didn't, I didn't have. I mean, I knew there was going to be a short. I didn't really know much about it and, mm-hmm. and what to expect with it. But I mean, I, I think it's probably one of my favorites, even of the Pixar shorts mm-hmm. that I've seen. And maybe like one or two that I might put a, ahead of it, but. Just a really cool story. And a really uh, unique look. I, I read yeah. somewhere that it was sort of almost like a, a, a test yeah. project for this for this new animation technique that uses the kind of... Uh, yeah, it looks of, like old style and like it's like some depth to yeah, it. Yeah, there were some like layers, almost like paper cutout yeah. kind of stuff. And then yeah, it thought, still looks sort of drawn and unfinished mm-hmm. at the same time. No, yeah, that was that really... Was, wow, it's like was 2D cool. and, and, and CG mixed, you know, yeah. it's all kind of laid it on was, top of one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful short. Uh, awesome story. Yeah. Um, great score. I mean, the music in it just had me. Honestly, I got a little emotional towards the yeah. end of it. I was yeah. like, it was great, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I feel like a lot of uh, like with Pixar's shorts, like some of their filmmakers have come from some of the shorts they produced. John Carr is the guy that did Paper Man. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's doing. I mean, especially if Disney Animation takes off, like it's looking like it might mm-hmm. again. Um, like another yeah, this, revolution. This Disney Dude. animation thing might take off. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> this maybe. might be a big thing for that company. It, it might, I mean, who knows? It's a little early. But you know what I mean? Like this like yeah. new generation, like yeah. this revitalization of it. I mean, they have this this princess area, you know, that they keep going to and, and they always will. And, mm-hmm. and I think they should. But I mean, I think being able well, to... Well, they gave a real nod to that in this. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think I think being able... Yeah, they did. You're right. And I think being able to, you know, break off of it a little bit and kind of dip into that Pixar thing so that, you know, it's not always waiting for that Pixar quality film. Like, oh, it's a Pixar movie. I got to go number one weekend. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, this Disney animation new, you know, this new breed that they have. That's it. It feels like a Pixar film. I mean, they, they work together. The synergy's there. It's just like, now you're starting to really see it. Yeah. And I mean, I think this is the first great example of it. And it is, it makes me excited to see what else they can do. Well, I don't know. Record Ralph. I loved it. I'm sure that it's probably, I mean, unless I see, Three or four more movies before the end of the year. It's probably going to be in my top ten of the year. I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll we'll discuss that later on. But anything else? I'll always hit the sites, moviesmovie.net, um, iTunes, Mixcloud, Facebook. 
Any other social media? P- hey, Pinterest. Pinterest. Don't forget Pinterest. We're there. All of our crafty ideas that are going to be on Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> we're posting uh, recipes, um, Wreck-It Ralph theme recipes, mm-hmm. things like that. Not really, but... No. <laughs> Ron, Ronald's going to make some cupcakes. I'll make some cupcakes. Sugar Rush cupcakes. There you go. But, uh, yeah, you can hit us up on the media sites, as always. Uh, I don't know. Any questions, suggestions, thoughts, you can email us, movieshmovie at gmail.com. And, I got uh, a few things. I'll, I'll get a, shoot, I'll just get shoot a couple you. emails. Yeah, I'll shoot you a few. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be like the two that we get. Yeah, we got to keep that. Uh, they're going to think that we're like inactive. They're going to shut it down from the right, activity. Right. <laughs> for every for every comment that we get on our iTunes page, Ronald will read a selected passage from a, a Keith David film, <laughs> and that's a promise. He was in that movie. That's a promise. You have to understand how I felt when I saw his face. I was like, oh. Creep. You better have been smiling ear to ear. I. I you, you, can, you can imagine how well, I know John was. Well, because I was there excitedly writing down lines. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to hear Ronald he say. Such a creepy face. Whatever you do, don't look back. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for listening. As always, you made our day. Have a good night. Bye. <laughs>